That's it. A little, little higher. Push, push higher. Oh my! Welcome to Star Trek News. I'm your host, Jason, and I'm Rich. Welcome to today's show, Rich. <laughs> I hope everyone out there is excited. What the fuck are you laughing at? I couldn't be that lame and not laugh. I need like a a boing. Do you see what I got button. back here? Uh, I see a table with a shuttlecraft. Guinan action oh, figure. Guinan. Hmm. Fully articulated Guinan action figure. <laughs> Is it anatomically correct? Uh, I don't. Know. You can look up her skirt, but there's nothing up there. An approach. Almost. Though. It's almost like she's made of the same material as the dress. <clears throat> Interesting. Yeah, so, I'm sorry, you couldn't see Guinan back here? I can. I couldn't tell who it was, but... What if I did this? Now I can't see anything. Now I see Kentucky Fried Chicken. Yeah, now you see what's there. <laughs> you fat person. Are you trying yeah. to say that I associate more with Kentucky Fried Chicken than I do with yes. Guinan? I bet your your eyes were drawn to it much faster than before. Would it's it only because it's red. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, fast food restaurants use the color red because it somehow invokes like a primal feeling in us. Something like that. That's why like ninety percent of food places have red in their logo. Yeah. Oh, hey, what's the show about Star Trek? Yeah. Hey, welcome to Star Trek news. Um, guess what? So <clears throat> we talked about uh, Discovery in our last episode, we and did. we both agreed to watch. Season one again, Oof. which we did. Well, not all the way. I'm currently at season one, episode 10. Close but I enough. have seen season one all the way through. <clears throat> and uh, I forgot that I actually liked Discovery when it first came out. Yeah, so I was, I was kind of on the same wavelength there. I was watching it trying to figure out what I hated about it, and I couldn't come up with anything. I got the explanation. Um, so, Discovery has the show, Alex Kurtzman. Everyone knows about Alex Kurtzman. Mm-hmm. But um, Discovery originally had attached to them original Star Trek writers. Uh, 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 Brian Fuller. Hold on. I should have had this like up and ready. Quick vamp. Uh, well, anyways, I couldn't figure out why I hated it, and uh, so I, yeah. you know, I, I've enjoyed it. Believe it or not. <clears throat> really, yeah. I enjoyed it the first time around, and that's what. <sighs> get to the get to the good stuff. Um, my issue with the show is it just progressively goes more and more up its own ass. Oh, here we go. Here's something that... Here's a quote from Alex Kurtman. The defining factor of Roddenberry's vision is the optimistic view of the future. Once you lose that, you lose the essence of what Star Trek is. The question is, how do you preserve and protect what Starfleet is in the weight of a challenge like war and the things that have to be done in the face of war? That is a quote from Alex Kurtzman. Hmm. That's interesting. Yeah. I mean, so, basically, he's creating <clears throat> a piece of the timeline that never existed 
but we talked about it in other episodes, other shows. But well, yeah, and they said when they when they settled on what Discovery was that it was <clears> going <throat> to be in the Prime Universe, even though it heavily, heavily draws from J.J. Abrams Star Trek movies with special effects and yeah. the few screens and everything. Everything screams this is J.J. But it takes place in the crimes. It doesn't even matter because they shoot off 1,000 years into the future. Spoiler alert. Right. Um, so, yeah, the first season, um, it, it's so hard to like keep track because they've changed writers so many times. Brian, really? okay, at the beginning of his career writing for the series, this is a guy that wrote for Deep Space Nine and Voyager, Brian Fuller. He was announced as a series showrunner and co-creator alongside Kurtzman. Okay. Um, so this is a guy that had been writing for Star Trek. And I think that's why I like season one more than the others. Because it has it has somebody from the old... Oh, and um, Trevor Rod, Rodbury <clears throat> Entertainment, also joins... I don't know who that guy is. But I've been trying to pay attention to who's writing and producing yeah. this episode. So, <laughs> um, how many producers do you think a typical show has? I'm talking like producer, co-producer. I don't know. No more than two or three, probably. Yeah. Uh, Discovery has 20. Why? If that's true, <laughs> I don't know. And that might, have something to do, <clears throat> that might have something to do with the show seeming like it's being pulled in 20 million directions at once. Maybe because you've literally uh, season got, one's pretty solid. I like it, I, and I like the callbacks. Story. I like you know Harry Mud and oh. um, Sarek. You like and, you like what? A lot of people say they don't like um, what's his face's portrayal of Mud. Really? No, yeah, and I was like, I don't get it because I love I love he does. If you watch the old school Star Trek, which his character is based on mm-hmm. pretty much from the old. Have you seen the old? Yeah, yeah, it's been a couple of years, but I did watch it all the way through. He does a really good job at creating like an updated version of the character, even though it's predating. The, all right, I'm gonna get a headache. So I started watching. Um, I tried. To, I was gonna make a little video about it, like I set an alarm clock and woke myself <clears> up. I was like, I'm gonna act like today's my job to watch Discovery. Um, How'd that go? I, <laughs> I, started, I started to write notes. Yeah. Um. Starting with episode one, and I, um, I think I got about eight pages, Jeez. and then I got, and then I got a hand cramp because I wasn't even on episode four yet, and I was like, "All right, this is too much." Um, and they weren't bad notes. I wasn't dissing it. Everyone's like, "You just hate new Trek because you don't like new things." And blah blah blah. I'm like, "No, I don't like bad writing. <clears throat> I like season one. I right so now I'm at." Did- where where did Enterprise fall in the timeline between Discovery and like, the original series? This is like uh, I don't know, like a hundred years after Enterprise. Oh, I had the timeline. Too so right. Enterprise, then Discovery, then the original series and the timeline. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, um, one thing that I, I it's a little off putting for me, and I I try not to think about it too much because you know if I don't think about it, it doesn't matter. Um, but. The actual special effects of Discovery, mm-hmm. I can't wrap my head around the fact that it's before the original series. That's because it's that's, so crappy. 
Like that's one thing. That's one thing I'll forgive. Nothing's <clears throat> ever gonna look like the '60s. And then I realized. Then I realized that that's my issue with Enterprise too. I've never been able to watch Enterprise all the way through, and my issue is it doesn't. It doesn't look. Uh, it doesn't to look prior TOS? to, and it feels weird. Have you really looked? <clears throat> Nothing is ever going to look to us. I have a feeling. They're oh no! Definitely, they're definitely pushing towards that in the new Strange New Worlds. But that's my favorite thing about the old sci-fi's is how crappy we're they nev- looked. Like, yeah, well, we're never going to have the crappy cardboard sets again. Like that's unfortunately that's where Star Trek started. Yeah, we're supposed to move away from that. Which the problem is when you try to do prequels. Yeah, how do we make that look like it fits in here? I actually think Enterprise does a better job. Discovery actually makes no attempt. No, 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 not at all. No attempt. <laughs> they, they're just straight touchpads and holograms, yeah. things that didn't exist in TOS, which drives me insane. Yeah. In, within canon, which they say they're within canon, Starfleet did not even bother trying to make holographic view screens until uh, D Space Nine. Wow. The, the Defiant got its first. Um, uh, holographic view screen and like I think uh, Cisco's talking to another captain. He's like, I can't, I can't get used to this. I'm like, I feel like I'm on your bridge. <laughs> I think they only lasted for a few episodes and they dropped yeah. it. But uh, apparently, we had this technology way, way back in um, Discovery's time. Maybe it's and, just uh, you know the captain's going to get used to it, so they just didn't use it. It was there, but you know, they there is a throwaway line um, that. Uh, you know, season two of Discovery, spoiler, um, the Enterprise is there, Captain Pike. Yeah, yeah. I did know that. It you is know a spoiler if you have it, but I did know that. There was a, some disaster happened on the Enterprise that caused Pike to have to take over the Discovery because the Enterprise was like, disabled. <clears throat> There's a throwaway line that what disabled the ship was related to the holographic projecting system, projection hmm. system. So he said something in one of the episodes. He's like, yeah, I want that whole thing gutted. Take it all out. We'll just use view screens. <laughs> so, and that's literally the right one throwaway story. line to make it make sense. <laughs> yeah. For everything. After. That's, that's why it blew up the enterprise. Interesting. Yeah. That's, that's like your <clears> big <throat> screen TV. Like, but then you get to like, but then you get to like, Voyager in the time frame, and we have a holographic doctor that walks around everywhere. So. Yeah, so we do have holographic technology. <clears throat> and that's that's after um, that's after, after next gen. No, D Space Nine. After they tried to do view screen. Right, right, it, right. It just doesn't make sense. Like holograms. That's so Star Wars. I, yeah. Like, and there's actually. What's that? There's a company right now that's trying to create a holographic television. It's like a phone booth sized box that you keep in your house. <laughs> and you can make a call to somebody else that has the, the phone booth sized <clears throat> box. And they can, um, you can actually see the person. That'd be cool if they actually made it look like a phone booth. Dude, look it up. It's literally just a white box the size you know tall enough for a person to like yeah, they should put a facade it. on it and make it look like a phone booth and then you can put it in like the an corner old, of your room like a, <laughs> like, a uh, like an english bop, like a like a doctor who, who yeah doctor who's <laughs> artist. yeah yes. okay <clears throat> um so okay so yeah i started watching the show and i was like all my my hatred towards star trek sort of washed my brain wiped my brain because i like the first first season of star trek Discovery. yeah as much as that hurts me to say, um, it's not great. It's not perfect, but 
if you look at any season one of Star Trek, they suck. Well, they're trying to find themselves at that. Yeah, they got to find their footing. And I mean, and I got to say, I agree. I, you know, I went back and rewatched it. I have seen season one previously when it first came out, and yeah. I didn't. I I don't remember having good feelings about it. And then watching it through a second time, I really I'm enjoying it. The feelings, I'm thinking first time around, the feelings were like, oh, it's too dark. It's too violent. It is very dark. But. And looking back, you know, I miss Lorca as a captain. I like the way his dynamic was. He was like this, like, he wasn't like badass. He was just like this. He wasn't like a regular captain. Right. He was like no nonsense, like. He liked. He bent the rules, but he liked. He had PTSD. Yeah. There was like a study, you know. He had PTSD, so they kind of followed this plot until it turns out what's really going on, which is the episode I'm on now. Yeah, with the mirror universe, but yeah. they, they, you know, they're looking into like the effects of PTSD because he was captured and tortured by the Klingons and stuff. And um, and and I think that you know the the what contributes to the darkness and what makes the darkness work is the fact that this is during the timeline when they were at war with the Klingons. So yeah. it is war and it is dark. It's nothing fun about war, and yeah, you can't have you know sex with aliens when you're. <laughs> Of course, at yeah. war, but there was still there's still some levity, like like yeah, like characters like Tilly and Stamets, and yeah, to some some degree, um, Burnham, like trying to learn to be human. Yeah, and she, like this is what I would say. One of my notes is she is so Vulcan at the beginning of Discovery, like the first. And, it, and what's really funny is she's not Vulcan at all. No, she was raised by Vulcan. Yeah, so she acts, Vulcan. but she isn't actually blood Vel- Vulcan. But by the the, the problem with the switching of writers between seasons and in the middle <clears> of seasons, they the problem with the show is just they keep switching writers and people keep changing the story. Somebody had an idea for the story, Pride Fuller, like I said, the first the first first guy that was involved. Mm-hmm. I guess sort of feel where the writers started switching and it started mm-hmm. becoming somebody else's story. Yeah, basically you're like, well, I didn't like Brian Fuller's story, so I'm going to start writing away from it to my own. Thing. And that's what it feels sense. like. It's caught. The show feels like it's constantly doing that. Yeah. Um, season one kind of feels like two seasons because it, it feels like season one ends when they fought the Klingons and blew up their their ship, and then it feels like the next season should have been Mirror Universe. Yeah, I can see that because that's but, where I am right now. But then you know you you have to balance like do we make short seasons or do we keep long seasons? I and... think you're what ten ten. Uh, Fourteen, I think, on the first 14. season. Okay. Um, here, let me see. Maybe someday I'll make a video about Let's this. See. I wrote uh, fifteen episodes. Okay. Mm. Here's my notes. Episode one: The Vulcan Hello. I wrote Klingons look cool. I have no problem with the way the Klingons look. Everyone's big thing was like, "What the way they changed the way the Klingons look." I'm like, whatever. <laughs> um, second note is, did they bother to use the, the real Klingon language? Because everything is in subtitles. Yes. With the clan. And the answer is yes. <clears throat> so they the people that have taken the time to actually learn this fake language don't have to read subtitles. Yes. Okay, so other note is, within the first 10 minutes of the very first episode, they break the Prime Directive. Even though they're talking about the Prime Directive, they mention it and then they break it in the same 
that's with uh, it starts out with uh, Burdum and uh, Giorgio. Yeah, they're walking around on a uh, desert planet, and they make water shoot up from the ground for this species. Starfleet's not supposed to do that <laughs> for a non-warp capable species. We're not supposed to do that. Yeah. So anyway, and they actually they actually say. They actually are talking about the Prime Directive right before they go and do that. So I'm like, dude. Yeah, but they called okay. it, what, like Directive 1 or, or the first? They say Directive something. 1. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Something like Which that. Which I'm assuming yeah. is the Prime Directive doesn't exist yet or whatever. Is that yeah. what you're getting at? That's kind of what I was – that was my interpretation. Okay. But I wrote – I don't know. I wrote the, the desert aliens look cool. You know, the egg sacs and the weird shrimp things that come out of the water. Yes. I wrote USS – Shinzo looks Shinzo. cool. Shinzo looks cool. I, I'm basically I say all all the the uh, the effects, ship models, the CG, the makeup, everything looks great. Like better than a movie. Uh, I wrote the idea of making a a Star Trek symbol out of their tracks during a windstorm is a really stupid idea. Yeah, because the wind <laughs> is going to blow it away. <laughs> right, right, right. You know, but whatever. Um, you mentioned the Klingons too. Uh, yeah, I have a comparison here. Is that the? <clears throat> we're gonna show the. Uh... It's on the screen. You can take a look. Oh yeah, so we have the and, TOS. The I mean, TOS were literally white guys in blackface. Yeah, but you know, the, you got to think like prosthetics weren't like as good as they are today. Obviously, no. It, like you're seeing the cardboard budget that TOS had, they yeah. couldn't afford to do much. They're like, uh, yeah, blackface. And you're evil. There you go. <laughs> they at least kept the they kept the goatees, the eyebrows, yes. and the goatees they stuck with. Um, even when JJ's the third picture there, JJ Abram. No, this wasn't even J. No, it was in the darkness. I keep saying JJ verse. He only had to do with the first one. He yeah. didn't, wasn't involved in the second and third. I don't believe. No, I don't. But I had no either. problem with those Klingons. I thought those. I think they're similar enough where you get the idea. I mean, it it's. Everybody's right. going to have their own artistic expression. If we're not, you know, if we're not going to get prime, prime universe, old school Star Trek, then fine, you can go with your own vision. That's great. Actually, actually, I feel like the Klingons were more interesting um, because they had they had different skin tones. They just weren't all these same brown, <clears throat> identical looking people. Like there was an albino, yes, uh, Klingon, yes, and. And I like how they made it like, like that person was the outcast. Like they weren't. They poo pooed on him. Because it just shows like the type of culture they are is very uh, aggressive, very xenophobic. They show flashbacks of right. him just getting beaten up as a kid for like no reason. Yeah. He's like, hey, you're on my property. And they're like, get off my lawn. Um, one thing I noticed about the Klingons is the mouth aesthetics were even more um, in the way of the actors. Kukuma sounds like this whenever we talk. I am Kukuma. Yeah. If you, go, if you listen to the old, they had to wear fake teeth prosthetics. So, um, of course, it made them talk really funny whenever they are Klingon. And it's but very, very obvious. It's even worse. It was so bad, like, t- especially for Takuma. Because, um, and especially since he's talking in Klingon, <clears> which, is, <throat> it's, which is weird to figure if he's speaking in English, be like, that's annoying to listen to, but even in Klingon, it sounded muffled. Yeah. Because, you know, the Klingon's like, oh, doc, doc, doc. 
Yeah. He did. He sounded like he was talking through, like, a pillow. <laughs> we will do this thing. Uh, um, but whatever, that's what you get with makeup. Yeah. Uh, intro is cool. I never promised the intro video. Music's fine. Uh, the traveling through warp effect is all right. Pretty cool. Yeah, I I like the little sound like, it makes when they when they come back. They're like, yeah, like um, when they're traveling. There's no like stars shooting at you. It's like this stream of like yeah, which is cool. I like. Which I mean, I think that's more realistic if you think about like the theory of warp travel and and how it would look like. You wouldn't be flying like you are normally. Like it wouldn't be in, a star in real, in real, like for real, in real life, it'd just be a black screen with stars that were not moving. Well, I mean, There's you're gonna think it would be, it would be probably some sort of distorted reality because you're physically bending time and space. Well, okay, yeah, you know who did a really good job? The I don't know if you saw Star Trek Beyond. I haven't. I haven't seen any of the newer movies. I've only seen the original. They do this. They do this effect. Next to show from like far away, the ship just traveling through space, like yeah. warp. But it's doing this like this milky disruption of like space. That, and that makes sense. It. Yeah, that looks really cool. I yeah. love that. Um, it, it'd be nice if they stuck to one standard. Like it seems like every Star Trek has a different one. Yeah, which I guess whatever you know, artistic merit. Um, I wrote in the the first season, um, Suru was like my favorite character. Yes. For most episodes. He kind of got annoying. Um, my species senses dangers. There's so many like inconsistencies, and this has to do with the writer. I'm, I'm pretty sure just the switching of writers. Yeah. Where he's like, um, the first episode, you know, they come across the beacon, the Klingon beacon, but their, yeah. sens- their sensors can't see it. They're like, it's all garbled. But I'm like, so you don't have optical sensors. You have to physically go to a window and look, and then they use the old timey uh, telescope. Telescope, yeah. To look at it, and and Sewer's looking through the telescope, and he's like, I I have no idea what what it is. It's too far away. But then like several episodes later, he's like, my species has like uh, super heightened uh, sight senses, and yeah, senses and stuff, and even in. Uh, couple seasons later, he uses it as a plot point because yeah. he can see so well, which isn't developed in that episode. But like, I don't know. Maybe it was maybe it was, maybe his naked eye is is better than humans, but through a telescope, it's distorted or something. You know, nah, I don't know. I just chucks chucks it up. I keep trying to do this on my notepad. Yeah, <laughs> swipe. <laughs> yeah, I mean, just lick your finger a little. It'll work. <laughs> <laughs> Um, uh, yeah, I, I actually, the one episode I didn't like him in was in, uh, I forget the name of the episode, but it was the one where they found that tower, the crystal tower that they were going to use. Oh, when he turns into an asshole. Yeah. I didn't I just like saw that today. Yeah. And they, at first I'm like, okay, so it's like one of those taking over your brain. Yeah. Kind of alien situations. Then it's just, no, he, that's just how he was. And I'm like, well, why is yeah. he in charge? Why is he in charge of anything? If he's that easily swayed. Exactly. But beyond like, that, too, I, I so weak. it, you know, so I, I don't know how to articulate this, <clears throat> but I, I, yeah, I mean, he became an asshole. He became very irrational and it just yeah. wasn't, I, I didn't like it. I, I don't know. And it was out of nowhere. It, there was no like, <clears throat> there was no like telling us 
like that he's had this profound experience. Right. He's just like, oh, I talked to the aliens. Give me your phasers, crunch. Yeah. Throws them away. I'm like, okay, so he has like super Hulk strength too. Okay. Well, That's- yeah, no, it wasn't that he talked to the aliens. He, he talked to the captain. And they were like, well, how is that possible? And then he made up some story about how he was able to do it with the tower or something. And it was like, you could tell it was total BS. Yeah. Like, there was no way he talked to the captain. (laughs) Oh, And then they still offered up their phasers. I talked to to Discovery, and uh, they said, we can live here forever or something. (laughs) He basically wants to live on the planet forever, even though they're in the middle of this mission that they... Which I must mention, that is the only away mission in the entire first season. <clears throat> to a planet. Really? Yeah. Well, I mean, I mean, except for the first episode, obviously. Starting off. Okay, okay fine. You want to do that and be technical? Okay, fine. Right. Um, but, yeah. And that's, that's, whatever, that's what a lot of people complain about. There's no... Star Trek like episodes because it's this long arcing well, story. I mean, I don't know, and maybe I'm, I'm just, I'm just guessing because I don't, I don't have, I have no research to back this up. But maybe in the timeline, they haven't discovered as many planets since it's so early in the timeline. I, I don't know. Well, they make a lot of like hubbub about discovery and like going where no one's gone before and stuff. Yeah, but they don't actually do it because they're too busy being at war. Right. Which, well, fine. they're at war, so at war. I guess you can explore. Yeah. yeah. Your ship's called Discovery. Should discover something. Why they, why they should have named the ship that just keeps shooting at you. <laughs> the ship that keeps shooting at you. The Klingon song. Destroyer. It keeps going all the way around. Yeah, there you go. Klingon Destroyer. <laughs> um, uh, Klingon oh, when, Killer. When first episode, I wrote a lot of my notes from the first episode. Captain um, Killy. <laughs> Captain Killy. It's not very original. Uh, I love it. I, I'm literally on that episode right now. Mm. Um, oh, I, wrote, I watched it, must, it this morning, so it's what's oh, fresh really? in my mind. <laughs> I wrote, it must suck to be Doug Jones. Why? Every role he gets, he has to wear a ton of makeup and prosthetics and stuff. <laughs> really? Have you seen Doug Jones without the makeup? No. Yeah, he plays Zero, and um, he's just a tall guy, tall, weird guy. You know, there's always those guys... Um, Waxana's uh, manservant from Next Gen. Yes, uh, Lurch. I think he was in something in New Lurch. <laughs> yes, the um, wasn't he in? Uh, what was it? In the Adam Stanley he's some, the, he's, yes, yep. Yeah. He was like in the these poor like super tall people that roles. They get well, it's poor, no like, worse than the really really short people that end up being midgets or. Oompa Loompas or... You know. I just felt bad for Doug Jones because he has to wear all that makeup. On top of that makeup, he's wearing, like, stilettos. I don't know if you ever noticed the way Suru... No. He stands on his toes and his 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 uh, hind leg... The hind... His heels are in the air when he walks. It's weird. That's really weird. I uh, wrote, why don't they use a shuttle to go to the weird sensor glitch thing instead of having uh, Burnham fly across an asteroid field in a spacesuit. Uh, uh, they gave a reason. I don't remember what the reason was. but Burnham flying through asteroids seems like part one of many scenes like this following J.J. movies one and two having the flying through space scenes. In, yeah. in the first Star Trek movie we had the uh, jumping, jumping off the shuttle down to the platform to stop the uh, 
Romulan. In the second one, we had the Khan and Kurt trying to fly between the two ships through the asteroid. It is, they keep saying this is Prime Universe, but it's, it is not. <laughs> uh, all cannon-breaking Klingon stuff is fine with me. I said. The, they actually follow the Klingon death ritual, where they make sure that the Klingon's eyes are open, yeah. and they scream... Ah! Yeah. Yes. <laughs> uh, I wrote Vulcan learning pods from when Burnham was a kid in the Vulcan learning centers. Um, yeah. Straight out of J.J. Abrams. Except, in fact, they're exactly from the J.J. Uh, Abrams. Really? Yeah. The, those little like uh, domes into the ground. Huh. They stand. They stand. I, I'm pretty. It's. I'm sure they borrowed the same exact set. It makes more sense. Uh, I haven't seen Klingons in a hundred years. This is the first time they've seen the Klingons in a hundred years. I wrote check date, which I didn't do. <laughs> I feel like they would have seen the Klingons <clears throat> after Enterprise. They just never saw the Klingons for a hundred years. Yeah, I don't know. I didn't look that one up, so I'm not going to give it. See, I never credit. even questioned that because I haven't finished watching Enterprise and didn't really have much knowledge of it. I like so. it. The um, they're forming the Federation. The Klingons aren't part of it, so I don't. I don't. That, I'm thinking of like the very last episode. Yeah. Uh, Klingon teeth. Even oh, that's where I'm talking about how the Klingon talk. Yeah. Hologram. I wrote hologram tech pisses me off. Okay. There's your uh, Doug Jones, by the way. There he is. I'm a really tall, weird. That's guy. him without the makeup. <laughs> the uh, there's there's episodes with him without the makeup. They somehow managed to do that in, in uh, Discovery season yeah. three. Yeah, he's like, I'm me without makeup. What's going on? <laughs> it's some sort of illusion. Uh, uh, the Vulcan hello. Uh, that episode. One, yeah. The actual Vulcan <clears throat> hello is to fire on Klingons instead of avoid or talk to them, right? Because that's what Vulcans would do. Um, it, it, that's what they said, isn't it? They're like that's what the whole mutiny thing was. Like she came in and said, "You have to shoot on them," because because her her dad told her, yeah, via hologram, right? That that's what the Vulcans did. They shot on the Klingons. But he said that's because the Klingons attacked them whenever they saw them, so they just did the same. This is human seeing Klingons, and Burnham's like, "Oh, so we got to shoot at them." That'll make sense. That that's great, perfect, whatever. Uh, we see the beginnings of Burnham's whisper yell crying at Giorgio before she like pinches her, and knocks her out. Yeah. So we have to do the thing. <laughs> I don't know if you're familiar with the whisper crying that she does. Mm -hmm. It's way more prominent in season two, you'll see. Yeah. Like, the, the entire show comes to a stop, so she can be like, we're family. You're my family, and I will never forget you. Terrible acting. Yeah, she's not the greatest actress. I like her, but she's not. <clears throat> Star Trek should never focus on one single character ever. Yeah. It should always be about the crew. Do you know anything about any of the bridge members other than Burnham, the captain, Ash Tyler, Doug Jones? And Tilly. Well, Tilly, yeah. yeah we got the two, that's about we got, it, though. We got No, we got the two people, the redhead with the eye 
thing. No, no, I mean, that's about all we know about. Oh, like, all right, yeah, right. Yeah. We got a Wushison, a Wush, a Wush, she's African, the black, yeah. the yep. black chick, a Wushikin, something like that, a Wushikin. And um, we have a really young Asian guy who seems to be at some sort of ops position. Yeah. We have bearded black guy who is in back against the wall. We have um, half robot woman, the white. Woman. Yes, yes. Uh, what the hell is it? It's almost, it's almost like a like an early android. Yeah. <clears throat> but in the, in that goes on. Literally, none of these characters get any kind of uh, main scene, any like real dialogue, any backstory, nothing. <sighs> I've heard they should have in, just put them in red shirts and gotten it over with. If, if they were just dying, that would be great. <laughs> yeah, but That'd they're recurring fine. characters. Yeah, they're like <clears throat> main characters that you never learn anything about them. And what's weird is things happen to them. Yeah. The redhead, the redhead, the I'm guess she's like the Chekhov. She's the she flies the ship. Yeah. And between between um, the first and second episode, and then she goes from being on the Shin Shinjo. To being on the Discovery, right. on the Shinjo, she's got long hair. There's nothing wrong with her. On Discovery, like she's got half her head shaved, and she's got some prosthetic eye piece, like she's been in some battle. Yeah, never learn anything about that. Well, maybe it was an injury from the Shinzu, and we're just supposed to assume that. What was okay? So, am I the only one that just like watches a show and expects to like learn about, especially characters that appear to be? I would say you're not the only one because I feel the same way. But I also like I have a tendency to fill in gaps with my imagination when I watch things. No, I oh well, it must be because of this. And I need I need everything explained to me. I can't I can't (laughs) use my imagination. I need every little thing. God damn it. Make yeah. me look like an idiot. <clears throat> well, you know I, I know I mean. it's something I do in like real life too. Like if someone's telling me a story and no, they leave out a big detail, I'm like, oh, well, it must what, have been because of this. Well, that's a huge like <clears throat> thing when people criticize, like, like how did this happen and nobody explained it? Well, yeah, and I mean they're they're expected to, like, to tell us the story. I mean that's why that's, everyone, uh, a lot of people complain about prequels. Like we don't need a prequel. We don't need to know how. How Captain Kirk like first got aboard the Enterprise? Like, we can fill that in ourselves. Yeah. Stop going to prequels. We we can figure that out what happened. You know, like Prometheus is like yeah. a prequel to Aliens. Yeah. Everyone's like, we don't want to know what happened to the engineers and, and how they found the alien eggs in the first place and where they came. <clears throat> um, that's meant to be left up to your imagination. But of yeah. course, of course, that's that's always. Uh, it's a mineral we can mine for. We can get more people to view view our movies because it explains some little tiny piece. Yeah. Ugh. Uh, okay, whisper cry. I like the phasers. Did you notice like the phasers have like uh, lenses on the front? Like yeah. three different, almost like camera lenses. I guess that's like the uh, different intens- settings. Intensity for the yeah. beam. I thought that was really cool. You know, whereas like. Uh, old school TOS. It was just like a, a satellite dish. Yeah, on the front of it. <laughs> so I wrote. Sure, I forgot about that. That's funny. How, um, this, I'm I'm still in like episode one and two. Like that's why I stopped writing notes. I was like, I would have way too many notes. 
Um, so, so they haven't run into the Klingons in 100 years, yet the, somehow the computer detects Klingon ships are showing up. I don't know if you remember um, when all the Klingon ships start showing up. It mm-hmm. shows like little, little Klingon logos on the screen. I'm like, how would the computer know to put those there if we've never seen the Klingons in 100 years and know what a Klingon <laughs> ship looks like? Michael Burnham had to go visually ID that they were Klingons because they couldn't detect them. Right. That, that's nitpicking. <clears throat> oh, I'm now on episode two. Just now. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's what I was like. Uh, I probably should make this like my own little like Mr. Blankets. Mr. Blankets? Review. I don't know. you never seen Mr. Blanket. Mr. Blanket. No. Nope. You never watched? Uh, I'll have to show it to you. He does like the reviews of like these uh, Star Wars. <clears throat> he had like the most famous Star Wars review ever on the internet. Oh, I'll yeah. send it to you. Anyway, it's he plays like this nitpicky character that goes through like entire movie and picks out all these things, whether or not they even really matter. Um, I wrote lateral vector transporter is cool. I have no idea what it is, but it's some sort of precursor to the transporters that we know and love today. Um, I don't know if you noticed in the transporter rooms, there's like these giant satellite dishes. Yeah. Instead of those little pads. I mean, there's pads, but there's like a giant satellite dish pointed at it. Yeah. I thought that was neat. Uh, so, yeah, go ahead. Um, it was a you know it was a precursor to the the transporter that we know from the next gen and original series, like in canon. But um, it was obsolete. It was made obsolete because of the massive amount of power it consumed. Oh, so they and they do say up. that the Shenzhou is an old ship. I remember them saying that. And there's a lot of things like that in the first season. It's also on the USS Hiawatha, apparently. What? I'm not that nerdy. I'm not Is this this some fan film ship? No, no, no. Um, I think it was... It says Discovery Battle of the Binary Stars. Okay, so they must have showed some other ship with the transporter in it or something. Um, Interesting. Show, show was very heavy with the TOS sound effects in the first two episodes. I think they definitely ease off on that. I noticed that you know that you have that little like um, twangy sound that they have in the bridge all the time, and it just kind of like slowly goes away as you go further into yeah, season one. They, yeah, they get a, they get away from it. I got, I got, I noticed. I, I liked it though. It irritated me that they got rid of it. Like, oh really? Yeah, I thought it was too much. Too much. <clears throat> You know, well, like I said, my issue with Discovery is that it's a precursor to the original series, but it's way more technologically advanced. This this might as well came. Yeah, they they might as well come come after Next Gen. So yeah, so technology wise, technology wise, because of the the effects that we can do nowadays. But I liked those little throwbacks, like that sound, because it made it more real and it helped me get past the fact that it was yeah, way more yeah. advanced, you know. Which is so weird because those sounds are so like sixties. Yeah, those sounds are so they're not they're analog. They're analog. The theremin of, and yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. They're, they're like analog versions of what a <clears> digital <throat> computer is supposed to be. Right, like, which is great. I wrote exploding consoles for the win. The second episode, they, yeah. they had a, a Star Trek classic, uh, the exploding console. Yeah. Um, space battle, the fi- battle of the binary stars was 
pretty good. Ta- I wrote tame compared to the season two cluster crap. Uh, the battle over um, the AI guy. You don't remember the season two battle where fifty thousand fighter jets come out of the Discovery. I haven't seen season two yet. Oh, you haven't. Okay, sorry. <laughs> Spoiler alert. Remember, I stopped after season one, and then now I'm going back to rewatch season one before I do season two. So okay, I wrote Sarek be putting his Katra in everyone. <laughs> I don't know why I wrote that. It was kind of it was kind of a weird storyline though to to to, to understand that she wouldn't be alive right now if it wasn't for a little piece of Sarek that he put in. Yeah, <laughs> and he put he put it in Spock. He put it or in the wife. Vulcan put, soul as they described it on Discovery. <laughs> well, that's that's what it's always been. That's what they they've always said. Yeah, that's the only explanation for it. The Vulcan, some sort of soul. Um, I feel like Sarek has been. See, I always, I always thought of it as more oh. of a Vulcan consciousness than a soul. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a more te- technically, it's not like a spiritual. Thing, I guess. So. Yeah, I guess they are the same thing. Soul would be more spiritual yeah. version of the consciousness. Okay, uh, I, can, I can see that. A concussed crewmate says, "Why are we fighting? We're Starfleet. We're explorers." I said, "Yes, duh." But they're at war. Uh, yeah. <laughs> right. I keep forgetting that. I got to keep remembering. <laughs> there's no Star Trek. There's no hug, hugs and, and fun. <clears throat> fun at, okay. It's all miserable. Burnham talks the computer into releasing her from the brig using Love. ethical ethical protocols. Yeah. Do you remember that scene? Yes. I was like, what? It was... I was kind of like, you know, if this is an all-powerful computer from the future, like, yeah, human shouldn't be explaining its logic. Like, it should, should just it, be able to. The computer should know you're in danger. You uh, need to leave the brig. You yeah. shouldn't have to explain it to the computer. My thing is, if you're in the brig, so anytime we ever seen anyone in any brig ever past that point, they should be like, "Hey, uh, I might die. Can you let me out?" Yeah. <laughs> if there's such thing. I I, suddenly, I can't breathe. <laughs> I'm dying. Let me out. <clears throat> Processing. You notice that the computer sounds like Alexa? <laughs> I no, did not. Oh, yeah. It's a female voice. She's like, hello. Thank you for contacting the computer. I, uh, once I got an Alexa, I, I couldn't, like, help. But <clears throat> um, uh, worker bees have no autopilot. That's retarded. Um, what has autopilot? Okay, so Discovery has these things called worker bees. Yeah. Which, I guess, replace shuttle pods. They don't have... They're the things with the claws that fly around. Yeah. And they can, like, they're like... Kind of like the drones on FTL. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're like... They, they like, fix things. Yeah. And... Oh, I don't remember why they wanted to use it. They're like, we want to put a bomb on one and send it to the Klingon ship. Uh, but they're like, why don't we use a worker bee? They're like, they have no autopilot. <clears throat> I mean, you, you could magic away some bullcrap. You know, I, I always did wonder, though, throughout all the different Star Treks, like, they they don't put very much focus on, like, spacewalks and, like, doing repairs outside. Like, no. obviously that has to happen. Not really till 
not till um, first contact do we ever see them like out on the ship. Yeah, outside of the ship. It's rare. Um, I mean, it is. You, yeah, I agree. But Crazy. in real life, I mean, people do spacewalks on the space station, I, and you know, and I sort of put that away. The worker bees and stuff—they have all these um, ships that, like in the episode I'm watching, where they just made it to the, the evil universe, the mirror universe, and yeah. they're um, they're using these worker bees to repaint the ship with the new yes. logo. Yes. So they fit in. So I'm like, all right, that kind of makes sense. Yes. Burnham screams weird. Screams <laughs> weird? I wrote that down. I don't know what the context is. Um, apparently she screams weird. Okay. <laughs> keep keep an eye out for that, folks. Tukumbus. Outfit is literally made out of glitter glue and craft store gems. Seriously? The sh- the close-up, I'm guessing, where Burnham like puts a hole in him. Yeah. And he's like dying and they're like doing a cl- oh when um the albino Klingons like leaning over talking yeah. to Kuma as he's dying. I super if you look at his costume, it's definitely rubber with glitter glue and I mean they do a better job of hiding it. It's not like a cardboard set like the original series, but Yep, but we can't the original series come on man, it came out in the sixties. Yeah. It wasn't even intended to like last that long. Episode three, Burnham sucks. That's what I wrote. Oh, so this is where Burnham's a, a hardened space criminal now. Yes. This is where I started to lose lose uh, interest in writing notes. <clears throat> He's hanging out with all these like sleazy, like hardcore criminals. They're like, what did you do? Yeah. Oh, I started the war between the Klingons and the whatevers. Yeah. And then um, I said the beauty shot of Discovery uh, was not bad. Commander Landry, she was in Battlestar, which I'm watching right now. <laughs> Black Badge, isn't that Section 34? <clears throat> As they're coming on the ship, they see somebody, one of the criminals says, Black Badge, I've never seen a Black Badge before. Yeah, I remember that. And I thought that was Section 34, <clears throat> which Discovery didn't know about until Season 2. So what's up with the Black Badge? Just letting that out there. Criminals eat in the mess hall with the crew instead of at the brig where they should be eating. That was weird. You remember when they? I get didn't. The- I didn't recognize that. Oh, oh yeah. And season. Remember when Burnham gets in a fight with that criminal chick? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. Huh. I I thought that was weird the first time I saw it. I'm like, why are they having? Why are they like eating with? I know like security's there, but I don't know. That's just weird. Yeah. That they would have them mingle with the crew. Uh, what's up with Lorca's Tribble? I never see it reproduce. And there's a whole bowl of fortune cookies next to it. Don't Tribbles eat and then make lots of babies? <laughs> what's up with that? <clears throat> uh, so maybe he... This will literally be like rapid fire news for you. Um, maybe he neutered it or something? Maybe. Found a way it's, to, you know, stop them from uh, fucking like rabbits. <clears throat> they don't. They don't bang rich. Well, they they literally eat, and that makes them reproduce. Right. They're asexual, like multiplying like rabbits. I guess it's probably better. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. <laughs> or um, have you? Did, did you ever watch the show Brickleberry? No, because I thought that was a Family Guy wannabe ripoff. <laughs> 
Um, so there is an episode of Brickleberry where they uh, they're, they're trying to be they're trying to create the cutest animal because they have um, a war with Yellowstone National Park, basically. Yeah, and they create these squirrel rabbit hybrids called squabbits. Squabbits, and they're super cute. And they're, yeah. but they, they do literally fucking multiply them like rabbits and like hundreds of them all like immediately, like yeah, they take over those, the whole park. It's, it's, it's pretty damn funny, but, um, that's what they do. Um, it, it is very reminiscent of them though. Yeah, exactly. No, I understood the, the, uh, analogy or the metaphor or the yeah. colloquialism or whatever. The- uh, here's a, here's a good picture of the squabbits. Oh, good. We have a picture ready. I do have a picture, actually. Rich, do you remember the breath scan door? I did, and I thought, wow, that's weird. And wasn't it weird that they never showed it again? They haven't? No. No, that was the only time they ever show a door that opens by breathing on it. You know what the the last time I saw that technology was? Where? Alien Resurrection. Hmm. They had doors because Winona Ryder had like a an old timey. Oh, good, that's cute. Um, <laughs> that's your squabbits. alien. Uh, alien resurrection. Um, they, you know, they basically. Why can't I? I can never think of the words I need when I need them. They establish that these super security doors only open by. <sighs> By breathing yeah. onto this sensor and it detects your DNA or whatever and it lets you in. Um, and Winona Ryder, she like tries to break into a room. She's got this giant keychain with little spray bottles on it, and she goes tss, 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 on the door. And it's like <laughs> incorrect person. She goes to the next one. Tss, tss, tss. Welcome, officer. Blah blah blah. And she gets in. And I'm like, wow, that was like straight out of Alien Resurrection. And it's never mentioned or seen <clears throat> again, Rich. Weird. That is weird. That's nitpicking. It may, uh, you know, and it makes you wonder. Uh, maybe they're just trying things, seeing how they go. Well, obviously, season ones are. Oh, is that where I stopped? That's where I gave up. That's where I gave up, Rich. Okay. Um. Yeah. So that's that's my notes. It's, uh, it's only the first three episodes, <laughs> and I gave up. I'm like, that's too many notes. Yeah. I don't know. I really like it. Um, and your three episodes and and our commentary has almost hit an hour. So, Jesus Christ! Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, next next week we'll do the the next three episodes. <laughs> you know, um, the episode still that stands out is episode seven with really? um, with mud. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's by far my favorite. I I do like that. Yeah. Like how that's, he comes in and he me- takes over the. The ship and and he keeps blowing it up and then remembering what happened last time. So he yeah, can, like, bypass security. I love stuff. I love the the next gen episodes that are where they're stuck in time loops and stuff. Time loops, yeah. That's why I like so, it felt the most Star Trek. Exactly, I loved it. In the montage of him like killing uh, the captain, yeah, over and over. He said, "How many times have I killed you already?" Uh, Rain God. Wilson does an awesome Harry Mudd. Uh, he really does. I, I gotta hand it to him. Oh, you know what? Really That's the last time we've seen him because we're now four seasons in and he's gone. 
and they're like, and they're a thousand years in the future, so we're never going to see him again. True. Unless he somehow manages to make it in the future, but the show goes so downhill, I don't care at that point. Yeah. I feel like I've like talked too much this episode. Well, I mean, can you stop texting for a second and give us some? I'm not texting. Stop Facebooking. I'm not Facebooking. Stop receiving messages on your fucking phone. I can't phone. control people that message me. Mute your phone! Uh-huh. It's not my phone. It's my computer. I'm si- I'm so sick of this right now, Rich. Shut up. Do what you know I want you to do. <laughs> Anyways. Um, do it. No, it, it, and I mean, it's fine that you do all the talking, because this is like... Well, you're actually watching Star Trek. I want your input. Yeah, but you have... I've given my commentary. Uh, okay. Throughout the entire show, but you had like detailed notes and, and a flow that I didn't have. So, and now you're going to eat fried chicken on the air. This is Star Trek ASMR. Wow. <laughs> or or is, it, is it ASMR or is it mukbang? That's mukbang. Mm. <laughs> I'll eat a whole bucket of chicken if we get some views. Uh, I'm not a cute Asian girl, though, so it won't you work. are not, so it won't work for you. Oh, wait, next week, what are we going to keep talking about season one? Um, I think we we should at least close it out on the next episode, and then maybe we can see where we're at in the show if we're in season two. We got to keep watching. Yeah, I'm going to keep watching, whether or not you do. I could care less. I can't believe you haven't even seen season two. Sorry, I gave up. That was the whole thing. Oh, you gave up on season one? Yes. Oh, that's weird. I gave up on season two. It's like, I like Pike. I like they brought Pike in. And that's why I like season one. If they just kept the themes and everything of season one into season two, yeah. instead of trying to redo everything and like match whatever's popular, they're yeah. like, oh shit, nobody likes the dark stuff. So let's make it funny. Let's try to be like the Orville. It's kind of like. Let's- it's kind of like the EA of the Star Trek universe. like Dude, for real! <laughs> That's it, exactly. Everybody likes Fortnite. <laughs> let's, let's try to make Star Trek more like Fortnite. <laughs> exactly. It's a bunch of writers that have uh, no balls on like a vision, so they they just... Uh, yeah. Uh, what are you going to do? I was going to play the Star Trek Interactive Tactical Manual, but it wouldn't run on my computer, so... And they don't say on it what version. You should get a ISO made of it, and I can run it on my Windows 98 machine. Yeah, I can rip it. I just need to um, <clears throat> get the software. And it doesn't say anywhere what version of Windows it's made for. Usually every piece of software is like, oh, Windows wait, DOS. Or higher. Oh, it says DOS. Oh, there you go. That, that DOS, that's the only thing that says possibly what OS it is. At the DOS prompt, type this. But I, it, I definitely recall using it on Windows 95 or 98. Well, yeah. Well, you got to think up until XP. XP those were all isn't DOS based, based on DOS. Yeah. You're right. Yeah, XP it's is NT. NT. Uh, NT. NT technology. New yeah. technology. Technology. <laughs> uh, so, uh, I guess this has been Star Trek news for this week, day, year, month. Whatever. Whenever we have time to watch the rest of season one. Yes, I'm your host, Captain Pearson. I'm uh, number Lieutenant. one, Rich. <laughs> <laughs>
You are number one. Uh, uh, live long and prosper, bitches. Live long and prosper, bitches. I like that. Someday I'll you be able still to do can't it. do it. That's crazy. I can't.